Let's Parent on Purpose is brought to you by Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church. We are a local church in Stewart, Florida on the Treasure Coast. If you're in this area, we'd love to have you come visit us and uh, join us. If you're somewhere else, by all means, find a church that loves Jesus, loves God's Word, holds each other accountable, and seeks to tell others about Him. You can't do a great job of parenting without a great spiritual community. Let's get into the program. This is Let's Parent on Purpose. It's your parenting podcast if you want to thrive and not just survive these parenting years. My name is Jay Holland, and I'll be bringing 20-plus years of youth pastoring, parenting, foster parenting, mentoring, and making every mistake in the book as we seek to learn together to do a better job with the kids that God's given us. So this is one of those podcasts where the people who need to hear it the most are probably very likely not to listen to it at all. Um, but perhaps there's going to be some people in that middle ground who who can hear it and be convicted and challenged, or maybe you'll be the resource and tool that God uses to talk to those who, who really need to hear it the most. Um, I am wanting to talk today for a little bit on what happens when dad is a spiritual dud. And again, that's that means that very likely uh, those dads are not going to be listening. But hey, if you're listening and you're a dad, uh, you're probably not the duddiest of duds. Otherwise, you wouldn't even bother to listen to a, a Christian parenting podcast. But for, for whatever reason you're listening, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, I'm, I'm thankful that you're listening. And I, and I pray that this is some, some material that's, that's convicting and encouraging at the same time as we talk about what a difference a dad makes in the lives of their family. So, you know, there really are a lot of various gradients. If we're talking about dads that are duds, there's, there's kind of a wide spectrum. Because on one hand, you have dads who impregnate women and then ghost out. And so they're not around whatsoever. They're, they're not even a dad uh, you know, they might have that name, but they're not even a dad. You have others who who maybe get a woman pregnant, but they they um, come in and out of the lives. Maybe they give a little bit of child support sometimes. Maybe they pop in for holidays or birthdays, um, but they won't commit to the woman. They're barely committed to the kids. Maybe they're committed when they want to feel special, when they want to feel like a hero, but they're not a father. They're not even a dad. Um you know, there's, there's, so there's there's all of these gradients, and then you've got guys that are in a house, and they're helpful to various degrees, and I mean, really various degrees. There's some amazing dads, and even let's take out the spiritual part of it. You've got dads that are abusive. You've got dads that are apathetic. You got dads that are just passive. They're you know they're nice guys. They treat their their wives nice. They treat their their kids nice, um, but they're just kind of passive, and so they just don't show a lot of initiative one way or another about anything. And sometimes the way it works is they're very passionate about a thing or a couple of things, but but they're not they're not passionate about their kid's spiritual life. You know, maybe they're passionate about their kid's sports life. Maybe they're they're passionate. Um, about their particular hobbies and getting their kids to like their particular hobbies. Maybe they're living vicariously through their kids, um, but but they're not fulfilling the role of the spiritual shepherd of of their family. So one of the problems with this, as as a dad, um, is that I can always find dads doing worse than me. 
So, you know, just in the same way that as, as, a, as a sinner, you can always pull out the Hitler example. And if you're Hitler, you can pull out the Stalin example. And if you're Stalin, you can probably pull out the Genghis Khan example. So, you know, there's, there's always somebody worse than you. Well, as a dad, there's, there's always somebody doing a worse job than me. But I got to remember, that doesn't let me off the hook. The fact that there are way worse dads than me doesn't mean that I get to stop striving towards being a better dad. The fact that there are way worse dads than me doesn't mean that that in itself makes my kids any better off. So you can you can have all kinds of reasons and excuses. And and I'll say another thing. My friend and I were, were talking recently, and um, we both have great dads, like fantastic dads. And we're both, uh, it's funny because it, like, I guess we're both middle-aged men now and, and our dads are, um, retired or nearing retirement and they're about the closest men to us in our lives. We love our dads. We respect our dads. They were godly men, good in our homes. Um, but, but we were, we were thinking that, you know, our dads did not have the, the, kid demands on them that a modern dad does. Um, and I actually talked about this with my dad some. Um, you know, he was he was way, way more involved than his father ever was. Um, but he, you know, I didn't expect when my dad came home every day that instantly I had a playmate. Um, I, my dad was a firefighter. He worked 24 hours. He was home. And when he was home, he worked another job. And then when he was not working those jobs, there was stuff around the house to do. There were five kids. There was divided attention. I mean, he worked like a dog. My mom worked like crazy. Um, but there's there's something that's culturally happened, I think, where there's some personal demands on parents that maybe didn't exist before. There's some things that are easy. Technology has made things easier. But I think part of it is the general um, moral breakdown of, of our culture means that you cannot trust that the default teaching of your community and your culture is going to do anything but wreck your child. And so I think maybe that's it. Maybe the stakes are higher because there's far, far less people not only are there far less people following Jesus, there's far less people that just aren't crazy in what they believe. So uh, the demands are just higher. Like I have to be in my kid's life more. So I, I, I can't use an excuse anybody else and where they are. Um, I, I have to do what God's called me to do. So dads, if you're listening, let me tell you, you are the foundational relationship in the family. You set the tone. Uh, you set the boundaries. You create the vision. Even when you don't, and especially when you don't, you're doing it. When you fail to set a tone, you're setting that tone in the family. When you fail to create boundaries, those are the boundaries. Um, when you fail to set a vision for your family, you have set a vision by doing that. Um, when you let your wife be the spiritual leader and and. I, I think if, if ladies are listening, I think they understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying this in any kind of chauvinistic way. I'm saying this in a biblical way. God has called men to lead and shepherd their homes. And, and generally the problem isn't that the mother or, or the wife doesn't want to do her job. Um, the problem is that the, the man takes a back seat. You know, you think about in churches, the vast majority of, of, of believers through time, it seems, have been women. Um Men, if and I remember hearing, I went through men's fraternity a few years ago, 
and and the statistics were crazy. It was something like if if a child comes to church 25% of the time, they'll get the family to come. If a mom starts coming to church, maybe 50% of the time you'll get the family to come. But if a dad starts coming to church, it's like 80 or 90% of the time the family follows. So truly you can say, as dad goes, so the family goes. And what would be tragic, dads, is especially with as hard as you work, um, and as if you're again, if you're eight minutes into this, I, I don't think you're like you care about your family. Obviously, um, you're you're not totally apathetic, or you would have moved on to something else by now. But what a shame it would be with as hard as you work at providing for your family and being there, um, if you miss that primary boat in being the spiritual leader of your home. Um, so just that's the uncomfortable news. You're, the default way that your kids think about their Heavenly Father will be what they got from you. And I can tell you in my life, this is one of the greatest blessings that I've had. Um, my dad was a good dad. My dad was a kind dad. Um, he was steady. He was gentle. I got to watch him discipline. And then I got to watch, you know, behind closed doors, I got to watch his heart break from having to discipline my brothers and sisters. Um, I got to experience the discipline, but it was fair and it was even handed even when I was terrified of it. Um, and so when I was told that God is my heavenly father, it just made sense. Of course, I wanted to to be with um, God because if God is anything like my dad, I want that. And it works in the opposite. I've had I've had a dear dear friend whose husband or whose father was uh, abusive and neglectful. And whenever things went wrong in her life, she she really loved Jesus. But whenever things went wrong in her life. Um, she always defaulted to how her dad was and that God must be the same way, that God was giving her the silent treatment, that God was angry at her and punishing her for things that she didn't know. Um, so dads, you're the primary core of how your your kids think about God. Um, the way that you pursue your wife is the default of how they'll be as husbands. The way that you honor your wife, the way that you lift her up, sets the tone for what they do. Kids just like human beings are not good at doing what they've never seen modeled. Um, they can, they, you know, think about your own life. You can, you can hate what somebody did and you can maybe get by with not doing that, but it doesn't mean you learned how to do anything good. And so dads, we got to have our A games on because the stakes are just way too high. Um, God has called us to be the primary shepherd of our home, not not our wives, not our pastors, certainly not your youth pastor. Um, way more women pursue Jesus than than men do, but as Dad goes, so the family goes. So I just I just want to spend a couple minutes of of thinking some some specific things, Dads, that we need to be doing where we're not spiritual duds, where we're raising the spiritual bar in our family. The first is we need to intentionally, visibly lead our family spiritually. Um, and I want to, that's kind of a broad concept. So let me just give you some really practical things. Number one, lead them in prayer at mealtimes and at bedtimes. You be the prayer. Um, let your kids hear you praying over them. Um, let you let your kids hear you praying for the needs of others. Um, be that intentional, visible leader. Um, 
Pray with your wife about your kids. Initiate that with your wife. Pray with your wife about the other things in your in your home. Um, let your kids see you reading your Bible, and then talk to them about what what they're reading. Uh, a, a couple years ago, it was the first year that my kids were going to go. My kids were going to go to kids camp at our church with us, and um, I got to be honest, I. I don't love kids camp. Uh, it's the last camp of the year. I've already been at a church camp and a mission trip and I'm kind of peopled out and, and little children aren't my thing. I, I like mine and I'm, I try to be nice to them all. Um, but I think it's because they don't get my biting sarcasm that I can use on, on teenagers, which I probably shouldn't, but it's kind of one of the tools of the trade as a youth pastor. Um, and so, like, kids just tire me out sometimes. I'm not super excited to go, but my boys were going to go to kids' camp, and I was excited about it because uh, I wanted to be with them. And just something before we got there, it was really neat because um, my son asked me because he was asking about where are you going to stay and, like, oh, we're going to be in this cabin and there's going to be 12 kids in the cabin and we're going to be in bunk beds. And, and then he was like, Dad, where are you going to read your Bible? Um, because my son knew that I got up every morning before he got up. And when he would come out of bed, he would find his dad reading the Bible. And, and let me tell you, a lot of those times reading the Bible, I didn't get a ton out of it. Like sometimes I did, but a lot of times it was, it was, um, difficult and I didn't remember what I read for the day. Um, but my son, when he thought of his dad, he thought his dad reads the Bible. And you need to let your kids, you know, your faith, maybe you come from a background where you think that your faith needs to be super secret. Um, don't mistake what Jesus is saying when he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before others so that um, you get your glory from them instead of your approval from God. Don't overplay that. Your kids need to see your righteousness. It doesn't need to be a show of righteousness. You need to be pursuing righteousness. So let them see you pray. Let them see you read the Bible. Talk about with your family. Like, first off, you need to give. You need to be the leader in uh, giving, in, in tithing, in um, being generous to others. And then as you should talk about that with your kids. Um, talk it about around the dinner table. Hey, you know, we give to this missionary or we give to this at our church and our church has done this. Isn't that awesome that God has given us so much and, and we are able to use what he's given us to help other people? We're blessed to be a blessing. Um, be the leader in getting your family to church each week. Um, to the church meetings, not just to the Sunday morning service, but um, be the leader in getting them there and then talk to them about what they learn and about what you're learning in it. Um, find a small group for you and your wife to grow in. Uh, you need people to hold you accountable, to keep you sharp, to be your support group. Um, and then volunteer to serve in the areas of ministry where your kids are. You may be like, oh, I'm not, I, I'm not into kids, just like I'm not into kids. But I go, to, I go to kids camp every year because my kids are there and I want to be a part of their lives. Um, I, I'm not into babies, but when I had babies, I, I took rotations tr serving in the nursery just because, look, I'm the shepherd and I want to I lead by example. Um, so be in. You don't, you don't have to be gifted as a small group leader. People need to know how to clean up. People, some people just need people to talk to. Um, so you, that's a good way for you to find out what your kids are learning, find out who their friends are, and just have greater influence in their life. And then I would say as far as spiritually leading your family, uh, have a family mission. Have a family mission, like something 
bigger than your family that's not soccer, that's not music, that's not their academics. Um, For us, it's being involved uh, primarily outside of Covenant, outside of our church. It's being involved in orphan care with Hope Givers International in India. And hey, that'd be a great one for you too. But we are a part of a group of people who've committed to sponsoring Every month, a children's home to take care of 95 kids. It's bigger than us. We can't do it on our own. But um, look, I'm, I'm, I've been putting money away. I'm going to take my family to India. It's going to cost me a lot of money. Um, I'm kind of terrified of it, even though I've been there a number of times. But it'll change their life. I want my kids' perspective and life change. So have a family mission um, that you're involved in. Uh, A couple other just points. So the first is intentionally, visibly lead your family spiritually. Um, Another way for you to step up the game in the house, dad, intentionally speak words of life into your kids. Um, Tell them, I love you. Every time you see them, every time you're around, tell them that you love them. Number two, say, I'm proud of you. And hey, you're really good at this. I'm really like, you don't want to put your love based on performance, but your kids also need to be affirmed that they're good at stuff. So I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of your character. I'm so proud of the way that you helped mom, the way that you cleared the table, the way that you built that Lego. You're so creative. Um, You know, the way that you choose your friends, I am just proud of the decisions you're making. They need to get that affirmation from you. Uh, Another way to speak words of life into your kids is to talk about how awesome their mom is and how much you love her. Um, That is a huge, huge blessing to your kids when you do that and you build their mother up when when, uh, she's not around and when she is around. And then pursue your wife like you did when you were first trying to win her. And if, if you're wondering about that, my last podcast was all about that, about being a better parent by being a better spouse. And then uh, lastly, dads, I'd tell you, get a band of brothers. Um, this stuff is the greatest fight of your life. Being a husband, being a father, it's it's the primary fight of your life. It's a long, long fight. It's a long, long battle, but you're fighting for you, the lives of your wife and kids. And you need a band of brothers to walk through this with because you're going to fail often. You're going to have questions. You're going to be humbled in ways. You need a group of guys you can be honest with. And, and it is intimidating and it's awkward right until you start doing it. And then it's really not that big a deal. It's a great joy. I have a couple guys that I meet with every week um, when we're all in town and when we're not all in town, whoever's in town, we meet. We text during the week. It's a huge blessing to me. It's, for me, it's a group of guys that I'm not trying to spiritually lead. They're just friends that I can count on. Um, and when you get that band of brothers, be open and be honest with them or it's a giant waste of time. Uh, dads, what a great gift. We have kids that we get to shepherd. We have their friends that we get to shepherd. Um, this is this is the only thing you're going to do with an eternal impact. Your business is going to fade away. Your house is going to fade away. Your landscaping is going to be gone just in weeks um, or maybe years. But the people that you lead and shepherd and invest in, they're going to be around for eternity. Your wife, your kids, they're not going to be yours for eternity, but they're going to be around for eternity. Make the most of it now. Hey, well, that's it for today. I hope it was a blessing to you. And again, walk in grace, keep working on it. It'll get better and better and better. This is Let's Parent on Purpose. It's a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. You can check us out at covenantfellowship.com. You can also check out the blog for this and archive podcast at letsparentonpurpose.com. If this is a blessing to you, I ask you to share it with other people. 
Um, it's a free resource available. The church has provided for it. So let's let it be a blessing to many. And again, this is Jay Holland reminding you that this is a marathon and not a sprint. We'll talk to you later.